श्रवनम डायरीज पॉडकास्ट वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग टू रीड भागवत गीता एज इट इज द बुक बाय हिज डिवाइन ग्रेस अभय चरणारविंद भक्तिवेदांत स्वामी प्रभुपाद चैप्टर 6 टेक्स्ट 40 दिस चैप्टर इज एंटाइटल्ड ध्याना योगा यस्टरडे वी स्टॉप्ड एट अ पॉइंट वेयर अर्जुन वाज आस्किंग द लॉर्ड व्हाट हैपेंस व्हेन the yogi is unsuccessful isn't it that he is what does it say um he falls away from both spiritual and material success he perishes like a riven cloud with no position in any sphere and today we shall read the reply text 40 shri bhagavan vacha paritha naiveha namutra vinashastasya vidyate स्पिरिचुअल्ड One who does good, my friend, is never overcome by evil. Hmm. Arivo. Let's read this again. The supreme personality of God has said, "Son of Pritha, a transcendentalist engaged in auspicious activities does not meet with destruction either in this world or in the spiritual world one who does good my friend is never overcome by evil purport in the shrimad bhagavatam 1.5.17 shri narada muni instructs vyasadeva as follows tyaktva swadharmam charanam bujam hare bhajanna pakvo thapatet na tato yadi भद्रमूष्यकिदेशन On the other hand, a non-devotee may fully engage in his occupational duties and yet not gain anything. Unquote. For material prospects, there are many activities, both scriptural and customary. A transcendentalist is supposed to give up all material activities. for the sake of spiritual advancement in life krishna consciousness one may argue that by krishna consciousness one may attain the highest perfection if it is completed but if one does not attain such a perfectional stage then he loses both spiritually and materially It is enjoined in the scriptures that one has to suffer the reaction for not executing prescribed duties. Therefore, 
one who fails to discharge transcendental activities properly becomes subjected to these reactions. The Bhagavatam assures the unsuccessful transcendentalist that there need be no worries. No worries. Even though he may be subjected to the reaction for not perfectly executing prescribed duties, he is still not a loser because auspicious Krishna consciousness is never forgotten. And one so engaged will continue to be so, even if he is low-born in the next life. <laughs> On the other hand, one who simply follows strictly the prescribed duties need not necessarily attain auspicious results if he is lacking in Krishna consciousness. The purport may be understood as follows. Humanity may be divided into two sections, namely the regulated and the non-regulated. Those who are simply engaged in bestial sense gratifications without knowledge of their next life or spiritual salvation belong to the non-regulated section. And those who follow the principles of prescribed duties in the scriptures are classified amongst the regulated section. <laughs> so if you're engaged in bestial sense gratification without knowledge of anything, you're non-regulated section. If you're following the principles of the scriptures, you are classified in the regulated section. The non-regulated section, both civilized and non-civilized, educated and non-educated, strong and weak, are full of animal propensities. So, you may not follow the scriptures, the Shastra, but still be civilized or not civilized. You can be educated, non-educated, strong or weak, but still, basically, if you're not following Shastra, if you're not following prescribed duties of the scriptures, you're full of animal propensities. Okay. Um, their activities are never... Oh, tick, tick, tick. <laughs> the lizards are uh, confirming. Their activities are never auspicious because while enjoying the animal propensities of eating, sleeping, defending, and mating, they perpetually remain in material existence, which is always miserable. On the other hand, those who are regulated by scriptural injunctions and who thus rise gradually to Krishna consciousness certainly progress in life. Those who are following the path of auspiciousness can be divided into three sections, namely the followers of scriptural rules and regulations who are enjoying material prosperity. That's number one. Number two. Those who are trying to find ultimate liberation from material existence. And number three. Those who are devotees in Krishna consciousness. 
those who are following the rules and regulations of the scriptures for material happiness may be further divided into two classes. Those who are fruitive workers and those who desire no fruit for sense gratification. Those who are after fruitive results for sense gratification may be elevated to a higher standard of life, even to the higher planets, but still, because they're not free from material existence, they're not following the truly auspicious path, truly auspicious path. The only auspicious activities are those which lead one to liberation. Any activity which is not aimed at ultimate self-realization or liberation from the material, bodily concept of life is not at all auspicious. Activity in Krishna consciousness is the only auspicious activity and anyone who voluntarily accepts all bodily discomforts for the sake of making progress on the path of Krishna consciousness can be called a perfect transcendentalist under severe austerity. Hmm. The only auspicious activity is the activity in Krishna consciousness. And because the Eightfold Yoga system is directed toward the ultimate realization of Krishna consciousness, such practice is also auspicious. And no one who is trying his best in this matter need fear degradation. Haribo! Text 41 Prapya punya kritam lokan ushitva shashvatih sama shuchinam Shrimatam Gehe Yoga Brashto Bhijayate. The unsuccessful yogi, after many, many years of enjoyment on the planets of the pious living entities, is born into a family of righteous people or into a family of rich aristocracy. Purport The unsuccessful yogis are divided into two classes. One is fallen after very little progress. And one is fallen after long practice of yoga. The yogi who falls after a short period of practice goes to the higher planets where pious living entities are allowed to enter. After prolonged life there, one is sent back again to this planet to take birth in the family of a righteous Brahmana Vaishnava or of aristocratic merchants. The real purpose of yoga practice is to achieve the highest perfection of Krishna consciousness, as explained in the last verse of this chapter. But those who do not persevere to such an extent and who fail because of material 
allurements are allowed by the grace of the Lord to make full utilization of their material propensities. And after that, they are given opportunities to live prosperous lives in righteous and aristocratic families. Those who are born in such families may take advantage of the facilities and try to elevate themselves to full Krishna consciousness. Text 42 Athava yoginam eva kule bhavati dhimatam etadhi durlabhataram loke janma yadidrisham or in brackets if unsuccessful after long practice of yoga bracket closed he takes his birth in a family of transcendentalists who are surely great in wisdom wisdom certainly such a birth is rare in this world purport birth in a family of yogis or transcendentalists those with great wisdom is praised herein because the child born in such a family receives a spiritual impetus from the very beginning of his life it is especially the case in the acharya or goswami families such families are very learned and devoted by tradition and training and thus they become spiritual masters in india there are many such acharya families but they have now degenerated due to insufficient education and training hmm i don't remember re- reading this in india there are many such acharya families but they have ge- degenerated due to insufficient education and training that's why i remember um I mean, Srila Prabhupada would always say that uh, those who are born in India, they're especially meant to preach. Sometimes we ask why, right? Um, One of the reasons, of course, is this, that there are people born in India whose roots go back into great spiritual masters. Like they can, they have these genealogical trees and they go back to like great, great sages. And you've taken birth in such a family. And if only you will have, what Prabhupada says, sufficient education and training, right? You degenerated because you don't have sufficient training and education. But if you get that training and education, it's like it's in your blood. And... You know, it's it becomes like my dad always says. He says that, you know, Indians, you just, you just, like, dust them a little bit. They're devotees, you know. Like, in um, if you take like a regular mlechhayavana, you have to like train them. You have to teach them culture. You have to really like uproot the impersonalism, the voidism, the sinful activities, the sense gratification. It's like, it's a a deep work. 
and still sometimes they're not stable but like those who are born in india there's so many like wonderful families here you just like dust them a little bit they're devotees you know yeah okay by the grace of the lord there are still families that foster transcendentalists generation after generation it is certainly very fortunate to take birth in such families okay nowadays in this con so many wonderful kids are born and you can see them like they're really really special from their very birth fortunately both our spiritual master Om Vishnupad Shri Shreemad Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj and our humble self had the opportunity to take birth in such families by the grace of the Lord and both of us were trained in the devotional service of the Lord from the very beginning of our lives. Later on, we met by the order of the transcendental system. Jai. Jai Prabhupada. Thank you so much for tuning in today. The book links, previous episodes, timeline, and biography of the author can be found on shravanamdiaries.com. The link is in the description, and we shall see you tomorrow. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare.